Hello and welcome back to Conversations with the Mind for episode six. I'm your host as always, Shane LeMaster. Um, just a quick note, I want to say thank you to all the people who are liking and sharing and listening to our podcasts. Um, we really appreciate that, um, that you're engaged in the conversation as well as when you share it with your friends and family and try and um, bring some more people into these sorts of conversations that we have with, with some of our guests and um, we like to share this information. So uh, thank you to everybody. Uh, we want to let everyone know that we are sponsored by my uh, private practice consulting firm, MindOps. You can find us at www.mind-ops.com. We are a full-service counseling and consulting firm, um, and we specialize in addictions counseling, general psychotherapy, um, uh, really have a passion um, and an expertise, or a specialty, I should say, in sport and performance psychology, and we also do psychedelic integration therapies. Um, so if you have any uh, comments um, or questions for me or for any of our guests, you can always leave it at my website, mindops.com, or in the comments section um, attached to these podcasts. Um, our podcasts are put out on all social media as well as um, you, can, you can find them or subscribe to them on any of the podcast apps for your phone. So as part of our normal routine on our podcast, we like to share a good news story of the day, um, share a little bit of, of hope and joy into your experience. Hopefully it wasn't all bad today. Um, but our news story, uh, the title for today says, Woman saved from a rattlesnake after a sweet hero puppy jumps in front of her. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I'm sort of like, I'm, I'm always sort of drawn into stories about animals and dogs and things like that. Um, so these ones always jump out, out at me. And apparently this woman was hiking on a trail in Arizona. Um, and before she even knew that there was a rattlesnake there, um, it was right by her leg. Her, her golden retriever jumped right in front of it as it struck um, I'm looking at pictures right now attached to the news article, but this dog's poor face is all swollen up. Um, it kind of looks like it still has a smile on its face, like he did a good job. But um, I thought that was so amazing, um, the power that our pets have um, and just the compassion and love that they have for us um, unconditionally. All they ask for us is that we were there for them. And, you know, um, I don't know about you guys, but that's always been one of my favorite uh, coping style or uh, mechanisms that I like to use. So that's our good news story today. Um, our guest today on the podcast is a good friend of mine, um, Jeff Ternaski, who I've known for a few years now. Um, I'm a little foggy on how we first met, but um, pretty sure it was through my brother. Uh, we both grew up in a really kind of a small town, so it's, it's easy for us to... Um, kind of run into each other through networks of people that we know. So I got to know Jeff over the last couple of years and we just really hit it off. And, and what strikes me about Jeff and why I wanted him to come on the podcast is he has a really amazing um, outlook on life. And, and when I watch him interact with other people and when he's interacting with me and, and the way he approaches life, um, I just find his perspective and the way he approaches these things to be uh, something that we can all strive for. Um, so I had Jeff on because uh, I value that in him. And this is a podcast about, you know, having conversations with our own mind and how we interact with our mind throughout the day and how it influences us and the collective mind that we're all a part of too. 
Um, so I want to welcome you, Jeff. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, glad that you're here um, on a Sunday afternoon. Um, just beautiful day here in Colorado. Good day, very beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate you having me on. Sure. Um, so I always start out with my guests uh, asking the same question um, to reflect on. So the the title of the podcast is Conversations with the Mind, and you know I know what that means to me, and and I put it out on the podcast what sort of the how it influenced uh, the creation of the podcast. But I like to ask you, you know, what does that phrase "Conversations with the Mind" mean to you, and how how does it unfold itself in your own life? I'd say, you know, more than anything, it's a day-to-day interaction with ourselves. It is a reflection on what we hold ourselves true to that day um, and setting goals, whether it's short, long-term, whatever it may be. And so when I think about conversation of the mind, I think that that's my moment to make some of those words into action when they're just brainstorms in my mind okay so you're for you the conversation with the mind goes beyond just you know talking to to your ideas and talking to your thoughts and and you know refuting negative thoughts and boosting up positive thoughts but going beyond that and like for you putting it into action in your life is like sounds like that's like one of the key components to that whole conversation yeah you know i think I kind of grew up and have continued to grow up in a society now that we see other people around us that maybe have these dreams and these visions that are incredible and something that, you know, we think about on a regular basis, but can I make this true? Can I make this happen? Or what's holding you back at that point from doing that? Is that is it just yourself? Is it your own mind? Or is it the fact that, you know, you truly can't put something into motion? And that's kind of something that drives me instead of sitting back and saying, hey, I've got a great business idea, or whether it's a relationship or a friendship and um, the amount of effort that we put into that. And I think that that's the difference of, you know, okay, what am I going to do to take a next step forward opposed to just thinking about it yeah so you're talking i hear like you're talking about manifestation right how do we manifest things that we want in our life but also about roadblocks and barriers along the way that we're all i mean no matter what path even if it's a, a positive path that we take we always encounter roadblocks and barriers and how we deal with that really defines us right um but for you it's it, it seems like you seem to engage the the choice to, um, I guess, engage in the positive aspects rather than the negative, even though they're both present. Oh, absolutely. The negative, I think, is one of the biggest downfalls. And being an entrepreneur and a young entrepreneur, the the negative side of things, you know, you're always questioning, am I going to be able to make this work? Mm -hmm. Am I going to be able to take this vision beyond just an idea to an actual business practice? And that's where it's more relevant for me. But, um, you know, I had kind of grown up in a family that was an entrepreneurial family and watched my both my mom and dad instill qualities of uh, not only hard work, but work ethic and what that truly means to life in general, but also a business, whether it's a small business or a large business. And um, 
that's something, you know, that I think is being lost in some sense is that, you know, what is work ethic and everybody kind of defines that a little bit different. But um, those, I think, the actual physical aspects of our living life or our working life is, you know, determined on some of those ethics that we carry into those practices and sure so yeah we've talked about this before on on earlier podcasts where you know our our environment right it it partially conditions us as we grow up right so you mentioned your parents and them teaching you hard work ethics and and things like that and you you've chosen and now in your adulthood to like embrace those um those strong work ethics um I see it being lost all the time too. Um, unfortunately, even within our own generation, but definitely within the newer generations too. You know, the work ethic is certainly different. You know, work means something different to them. I don't know if it's any less productive or not because I'm not super tech savvy or whatever. But um, you know, these kids can do incredible things with the push of a button that I can't do in 40 years of hard, backbreaking labor. Yeah. You know, yeah. so who know who's to say what, what what's right and what's not? But like. Um, so we talked about like how we're conditioned partially by our society and friends and family and TV and all these things. And for us in adulthood, it becomes like this tipping point where we have to make a choice to continue to embrace those values or lay it all out on the table and say like these values are important to me and these ones make sense and these ones work for me but these other values over here that I was also conditioned to believe don't work for me so I'm going to kind of leave those behind and recreate my new self right um and I feel like we need like a rite of passage type experience in our lifetime that we're also missing in our culture to be able to go through that and blossom that we had in all sorts of historical cultures right and we're missing that have you had any sort of like rite of passage experience yourself or um, was anything like that a big transition that helped you sort of embody those, those aspects of yourself? I mean, in all reality, it's probably insecurity in life in general sometimes of when, for me, I thrive on something that's more of a mental test opposed to what everybody else thinks of me of hey, this, can I make this work? Is this something that is feasible? Is that the mental test you're talking about? Yeah, and just, you know, because I go through that on a daily basis of, you know, everybody wants to be better. It's human nature. Whether it's you're an athlete, you're a professional in society that's trying to better their practice of of doctorate, whatever it may Mm be. Um, I think we're all trying to make ourselves better and, that is more mental than it is it's it's the expectation of society around us so i think we are kind of embodied by what others believe of us Mm -hmm. you know and so the big test for me personally is to eliminate the expectations or what others see to actually satisfy yourself yeah so instead of like putting so you're saying like everybody's bound to have an opinion about you and that that does play a role in how you form your own identity right but that you also have some control over that 
um, in what aspects you choose to let in and what aspects you choose to, you know, kind of keep at arm's reach, things like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that <clears throat> we're also with the influence of others, we become, and it's, we all hear, you know, you are who you're around. Yeah. And I think that that's Show me your true. friends and I'll tell you who yeah. you are. And I think that that's true to life now. I think are that's, you, yeah. Are you somebody yeah. that others want to be around that hold a, a positive outlook on life that is encouraging, not discouraging? Somebody that's going to lift you up as a friend? And some people don't have family. I'm blessed to have a family that loves and cares about me and keep in contact. But for others, the friendship and somebody that is actually bringing you up is just as important as your own blood. I think that's why you and I became friends so quickly too, is because you and I see that, you know, our family goes beyond our biological family, right? Yeah. It, it can also include our friends and we have different families here and different families there and different yeah. families there. Um, and, you know, that, that friendship was, I don't know. I don't know. It, it just seems to, um, like you said, like, you want to surround yourself with positive yeah. people. Um, and we're very fortunate to have a great group of friends around yeah. us, right? And uh, I don't know how we didn't meet each yeah. other before we did, because we, we seem to hang out with the same people. Um, so it just, the universe puts these things in, uh, in place, and we're very grateful. Well, and within you and I's friendship, you know, I'm brought up in a religious family with a Christian background and you've as a friend have brought some different views and ideas to me that's opened my mind you know and it's it's something that is a, a whole different perspective and oh here's how I'm feeling today and be able to open up to somebody and somebody that loves you and truly cares about you will tell you the truth here's what I think about your actions here's mm -hmm. you know and I think that in a friendship, and especially with you, I've, I've definitely admired and have appreciated, you know, and that's something that you only build every now and then. Yeah, well, I'm, hum I'm humbled by that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I could say the same for you. Yeah. You know, you've always been there for me. And I think it's that's important, you know, um, in our lives. You know, you said you thought everybody has this, sorry to bounce around, but you said you thought everyone has this innate drive in them to want to be better, right? But I, I don't know, in my various counseling roles that I fulfilled throughout the day, you know, I see so many people too that um, are honestly at a place in their life where they don't want to do any better. Or if, if what they want to do better at is like they want to be better at doing drugs or they want to be better at stealing or they want to be better at things that are not productive to their character um in my opinion you know um but it's difficult for me to help them those you know those type of people find their way to find their path to find something worth um waking up every day to get better at right so i call these things mastery experiences right for me my mastery experience is jujitsu um, every time I'm on the mat, or even when I'm not on the mat, I'm thinking about it. I'm, I'm constantly going over things in my mind, different locks, different moves that I think could work. And it's never ending. Um, it's infinite. And that's what I love about it yeah. is because I'm, I can continue to study this with my mind until I'm 90 or 100, right? 
for you, I see one of your mastery experiences is your business, right? And you, you own uh, one of the most successful pressure washing companies um, in northern Colorado, if not all of Colorado, um, Pure Pressure Power Washing. Um, for all of our listeners, if you guys have any pressure washing needs from small to large scale, uh, industrial to, you know, washing your car, washing your boat, anything like that, Jeff is your man. Um, <laughs> but that's what I see your mastery experience is, right? Like you think about your business and how to improve your business when you're not even at work, right? All the mm-hmm. time, you're always thinking, yeah. you're always like in this growth mindset, how can I get better, right? And I don't think everybody has that. Um, or if they do, you know, it might be directed in a, in a way that's sort of destructive, yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, I think that we all kind of see that in our society nowadays of lack of drive to me you know I had read a statistic that uh, you know Fort Collins our local area here had 30,000 jobs last year and only 10,000 people to fulfill them really you know and so it's I think that people out there and I understand that there's mental disabilities that uh, hold people or different disabilities that may hold people from physically working but the amount of um, opportunity out there and especially in our area I think is incredible at the moment and so I kind of see that those people that are not shooting for that I mean there's we all have a chance to take a little piece of the pie mm-hmm. and we have the choice to to follow a dream to to make something happy we're lucky that yeah. we have that opportunity yeah, in this country a lot of people don't yeah. have that chance right so it's tough that's a touchy subject for me just because I it's hard how do you react to those people that are not wanting to you know you you try to encourage them I mean that's your your initial thought and lift these people up and tell them that they can do this they can make the impossible possible but I don't know how to go beyond that right it has to be a personal choice come from them too right yeah yeah but we all make that choice every day, you know, like no matter how much success we get in whatever we choose to do, every single day you make the choice to take it further or to quit, right? Or become complacent or comfortable. Mm. So there's, yeah, there's very little growth there when, when you're comfortable. Yeah. We live in a fast, fast-paced as slow as it may seem sometimes we live in a fast-paced environment where everything's moving and connected and you know one person puts something out on social media and then the next day it you know ruins their life yeah yeah. do you think that enhances the the connection between us or um there's a lot of studies that show also that it it disconnects us further too as far as the social media or yeah yeah. Or anything, just uh, our society, the way it, it's operating. Well, I think it kind of, and unfortunately we're looping back, but I think it connects to our desire to be wanted. Mm. What do you mean? To be, you post something, and it's, I mean, in general, I think this is how society works, in my opinion, is that somebody posts something, and you're posting something, yes, to share your life and your experiences, but in the back of your mind are you expecting somebody to hit the like button sure and have you posted something where nobody had liked it whether it's a picture of you and your spouse or a 
an experience or a trip that you were on and so I think everybody at this point wants that it's an acceptance mm-hmm. how many how many likes can you get mm-hmm. how many comments can you get how many friends sure. can you build it's a competition yeah. yeah popularity contest yeah and there's there's this new disorder that's being thrown around uh, for a possible um, in, inclusion into the new diagnostic manual in psychology it's called a uh, fear of missing out um, or FOMO for short so it's it's directly born out of this social media um, thing and the likes and you literally get like a dopamine and serotonin chemical rush in your brain when you see that you get a like or something right so it becomes addictive um, to the point where people can't be away from their phones for too long or else they have this genuine fear or anxiety that comes out of thinking that they're going to miss out on some news story or going to miss out on some election or miss out on you know some friend posting about this or that right I would argue that what they're actually missing out on by doing that is missing out on what's important, which is you know being present in your life, in and, life. and like having these types of conversations with a friend like right in front of your face. Like this is what is important, and it's part of why I made the podcast, right? Mm. Yeah, but you have, I mean, you like you said, you came from like a really loving family, and that you know that has to have so much influence on how you approach life today and your positive attitude towards life yeah I think it's just you know it opens up your eyes to opportunity that you have somebody that supports you you know and it's not it doesn't take the acceptance of others to, to, it's just as easy to succeed as it is to fail you know and so the failure you know when you have a loving and caring family the failure is it hurts but it's something that you can bounce back from and you know i think it's it's societal in general failure is is indefinite you know and so i guaranteed yeah and i think when that social media aspect comes into failure it's it can really damage somebody you know because it's your peers Mm. you know it's the people that some or majority of the people that you interact with on a daily basis and so when we feel rejected by that then it's this uh, maybe that's where you brought that in is this high of like well what can i do to better myself Mm. you know is it a physical aspect is it you know but is it what can i is it what can i do to better myself so that so that they think something better of me so it's a show right so then the whole motivation is not to even better yourself but to better your like if you all your peers on social media said we love overweight fat people right like would you you want to just start eating a bunch of food to like fulfill that desire to be like oh man like these i want to get so many more likes so i'm gonna eat four pizzas tonight right I don't know. Who knows? That's some crazy stuff, though. I think setting the standard is what people lack. You know, are we going to follow somebody else's footsteps? And that's fine. You know, we learn from those that we follow. And if you take it in that perspective of, okay, you know, I am okay following this path that maybe somebody's late maybe a family member or father mom or an aunt or an uncle that own a business or have whatever path that they lay out i think that it's important 
to, you know, follow, but also take the step to make that lead. And so we are embodied by the social media aspect, but what are we all doing to change anything about that? Are we, are we spreading love? Are we spreading kindness or are we physically touching somebody and saying, look, you are loved. Yeah. And it's not, you know, because I liked your Facebook or Instagram post is because I'm telling you and holding you, you know. So yeah. I think we all lack that. Yeah. That's another thing that um, I'm very grateful for for, for our uh, small friend group is that we are relatively close to each other. Um, so we get to see each other, maybe not all at once most of the time, but we do get to interact physically, person to person. I think yeah. that that's so important and it's lacking. And that's part of why we're... As a society, people are getting more distant from each other yeah. and not sharing and not having these kind of conversations. Yeah. It's a big part of the problem, which, you know, by the way, um, next weekend is going to be awesome because we're going to get all of our friends together uh, for my bachelor party. <laughs> and um, Jeff's going to hopefully be part oh, of yeah. um, our special edition of the podcast, uh, the bachelor party edition, um, where we'll have all my, all my closest friends and my brother there to say whatever they need to say to me before I become married but but that's the type of gathering that that I'm grateful for you know and even if you know even if we don't have the best opportunities ahead of us in our life we can still find that you know that genuine connection and peace and happiness with those types of friend groups with you know those other families that we create yeah that's huge I mean you have you have a son too right yeah. and that's amazing yeah. you know i i'm a little bit older than you but i personally can't even imagine having a son at this age yeah. um that's jackson's age how old is he eight eight yeah, yeah. so you had him in your mid-20s yeah. early 20s early you know 20s. that was something that i will never ever change being a father is the most incredible experience and uh, pride that I will hold myself to the highest level watching them I can't wait kids in general grow and then teaching them the values that you believe in um, he is a and will I have instilled it with some, which is something that my dad instilled most men you don't see open their girlfriends their sisters their their mother's doors whether it's to mm. the car door or something and as an eight-year-old young man, he will hold himself to that value. He opens doors. I mean, it's incredible to be able to be a part of something that evolves the way that it does like that. So, mm-hmm. I'm just now getting a glimpse of that, too, with my brother's daughter, Blake. Uh-huh. Um, she's a little more than three. And then his new son, Austin, uh, who's not even a year yet. Um, yeah, it's trippy, right? Oh, yeah. And I get to see that unfold as as an uncle, yeah. um, which I'm appreciating to get that experience ahead of time because Callie and I hope to have oh, yeah. lots of little uh, babies running around. Um, sometimes a whole jujitsu team. Uh, sometimes it's nice to send them back. So being the uncle is okay. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. No, it's a challenge. I think uh, parenting in general is, you know, it comes back to what qualities do you have? Are you going to instill that in your children? Do you want others to look at you like you're a hard-working 
you know, self-motivating member of society, well, your kids see that. Right. Your kids see that. Do you think other people judge you as a person based on how your kid acts? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Well, not only as a father, but, like, as he grows up and becomes, like, an adult, yeah. right? The way he conducts himself, they're yeah. going to say, well, he was either fathered well or was not yeah. fathered, right? I agree with that. So is that yeah. always in, like, the back of your mind, like, yeah. when you're parenting him? Well, even being in this society where people people on a regular basis make judgments so whether you're at a restaurant i mean and we've all been there we've sat at a restaurant where a kid is absolutely throwing a fit sure. and Airplanes we're thinking yep mm-hmm. we're thinking on our side of things like this if i was that parent i'd be taking that kid outside and having a talk with it well i mean that's real but we are you know products of that you know we as a parent you're not only caring for yourself and representing yourself your kids are representing you too mm-hmm. you know yeah so Sorry, it's, i'm gonna it's, turn this fan down a little bit it's a little chilly in here but yeah that's yeah. that's something that that i look forward to but also that i don't know i think parents also have to get past at a certain point you know they have to get past something where they no longer take responsibility for the actions yeah. that their ch- child chooses to make, right? When once be, once the child becomes completely self-aware and independent and is making their own decisions, maybe it's that's a good time. And I see a lot of parents struggle with that letting go. I'm sure you know he's he's nine. You said so. I'm sure as he gets older and does things more independently on his own, that's going to be hard, hard for you too to kind of let go a little bit. Or yeah. is it? Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, it's, where do you draw the line with that? You know, I mean, you're raising a child to to be respectful or whatever it may be, but where do you draw the line at letting them go? I think that's tough, you know. Mm-hmm. Without, he's kind of built a, a foundation for me that, you know, without, he's, He's my son, and I treat him like my son, but he's also a buddy of mine, too, you know, and he's, sometimes you can get that with children of, like, sometimes you depend on them to lift you up, the Mm -hmm. smile, the laugh, the little things that kids do that we don't think about, Mm -hmm. and then to try to throw them through all the stuff that most parents go through, full-time job, and shuffling them back and forth to daycare and things like that, I mean, it's, it gets tough. The biggest thing I I did grow up, my dad was not super active with us as far as throwing the football and playing out in the yard with us, and that's one thing that I've tried to maybe replace of something that I didn't experience, but to be able to do that, and I don't think that a whole lot of parents spend the time with kids nowadays. Like what do you see parents doing? You're... I mean, half the time I feel that the, you either have a daycare because you, we're trying to work so much that both parents are working and all we have is daycare. So either the daycare is raising them, are they instilling the same values? Mm-hmm. You don't know. Sure. I mean, that's eight hours a day. Um, but I can't necessarily judge what other parenting because I think each model works a little bit different, but I try to, mm-hmm. you know, you try to show a, a full interaction with, it's a balance. Sure. You, and you, you recognized for you that like when you were a kid, you, sounds like you kind of wish your dad would have spent more yeah. time doing oh, that yeah. stuff. Yeah. You recognize, hey, this was an unmet need for me yeah. and I don't want to do that 
to my son, yeah. so I'm going to take an active role and do the opposite. Yeah. I'm going to give my son what I never got. And, yeah. what, and that son, does that f- feel like it somewhat fulfills that that need from childhood? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It's almost it's almost like you're you're helping cure yourself yeah. by by pa- passing it forward or paying yeah. it forward, right? Yeah. That's another thing we talked about on the podcast, and it's something I see you do really frequently is um, giving back to others. So that's something I suggest to my clients all the time, especially when they're feeling depressed and hopeless, is to go do something for somebody else. Get yourself out of your mind for a second. It's rewarding. Oh, the the rush, the dopamine and serotonin you get from that is is so amazing, right? Um, And there's no damage being done uh, to you or anybody else, you know? So I see you doing that all the time, you know. It, to me, it makes me happy to be able to do that. You know, receiving's great. You know, making a check's great. Doing whatever, getting gifts and things like that. But when you're giving away, and especially if you're at a position in your life, to maybe some people give money, maybe some people give gifts, maybe it's just your love and friendship. But time. Yeah, I think that it presents more it opens you it opens your mind it you know it shows others you're an open book you know Mm -hmm. and giving and and caring for one another is just as important as anything tangible that we can touch Mm -hmm. you know more important right i think that you give more I, I see you give more than I see most people give. <clears throat> what do you think is like? That's so interesting because, you know, what do you think is is preventing people from from embracing the sort of mindset that is natural? I mean, it, it feels so natural to you, and and you know the benefits, and you know how it feels, and it feels great to give, right? It can like cure any depression, any sad feeling you have, and it's right there at, the, at our fingertips. But these you know so many people don't engage in giving they're more switched on to selfish needs or like i'm going to burn this guy so that i can um do better right i can get my piece of the pie um that's guaranteed to me or that that i deserve yeah. right and that's how i feel like a lot of people are operating i think in if i could put one word on it, i'd put expectation that we or people in general, when you give, you expect mm. you expect at least a thank you. You expect somebody to be overly whelmed that you had gifted them something, and I think that that's what it is. It's an expectation. Sure, or they'll provide but, you a favor yeah. later or something. Yeah, and it's a return, and giving is not giving, waiting to receive, whether it's a thank you you know no, that's not a, giving a dramatic, that's a transaction yeah <laughs> dramatic appreciation of mm-hmm. what you've given and i think that holds people back i mean in in my opinion it, it it's something well i used to do this for a buddy of mine and every time he needed somebody to help him move i was there whatever it may be you know you expect somebody to do above and beyond for what you did for them and i think that's that's where people get to the point where they don't want to give. Mm. But when you let that expectation go, then it's ultimately the most rewarding. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think the pain that these people are trying to avoid, you know, from giving and then being rejected, mm. that that recipro- the reciprocal mm. effort, 
Um, I mean, that's painful, right? You give to somebody, they don't give back to you. You feel, and you had that expectation. You're like, what the fuck, man? Like, my friend, like, hates me or something right now. He didn't, he didn't redo the favor, but all the pain, all that pain that we're attached to is also attached to that expectation, right? That if you just remove that piece from the, from that whole giving equation, you give them something just because you want them happy, not because... Or even don't even expect it to make them happy, mm-hmm. right? Just give um, to give, mm-hmm. right? There used to be an old custom um, that I love, and I think it was mostly in the Asian countries um, where every time you would be invited to somebody's house and you would go to their house, you would bring a gift mm-hmm. for the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and that tradition is been lost on mm-hmm. us right uh, I think even in the old west people used, mm-hmm. used to do that like hey we traveled across the country to see you and we brought you this gift you know um, so that's something like I try and do in, in my day so mm-hmm. um, when I go over to a friend's house I'll try and bring like a gift or a, a party favor or a, um, you know um, even just gifting them a hug mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. you know just how am I going to add to this person's pleasure this mm-hmm. person's experience today Right, mm-hmm. and no expectation, because as soon as we do have that expectation, there's the potential to be let down, mm-hmm. and then there's pain, and then there's suffering, mm-hmm. and it's all our own cause. It's a full full circle. How do you get rid of your expectations then? Like, if you become aware, like, oh, I'm having an expectation about this. Um, how do you how do you not have those expectations on people? Sometimes it comes down to the mental because I can't, as much as I love to give, I can't deny that there's probably times that it's like, man, I expected something more out of that. But then when you can consciously think about that, to me, it's, you know, it's something that we choose to shut down. You know, I didn't buy flowers for my my spouse to get a reaction. I bought it because I wanted to. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when it's, oh, I didn't get that reaction, and we all are going to catch ourselves. But I think just the mental awareness of if you're doing it for a reaction, you're doing it for the wrong reason, Mm -hmm. period. So if you're giving, then give. Give from your heart and believe in it, but don't give for somebody to give you back. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, I have a lot of people in my life. I don't know about you, but I have a lot of people... Um, in my personal life that I interact with that do those sort of behaviors yeah. that give always with the expectation yeah. that some sometime down the road maybe it's years down the road but I'm going to ask something of you yeah. and I'm going to expect a yes yeah. um, and you know I love these people and even though I still choose to interact with them knowing that this is one of their patterns um, you know I still you know I'll a Buddhist part of me, because in Buddhism, you know, if someone gives you a gift, um, it's extremely inappropriate to not accept the gift, no matter what it is. Yeah. Um, that it somehow um, reflects negatively on your karma if I do not accept your gift. So therefore, um, if I'm only going to do benefit to your karma, I have to accept the gift yeah. so that you get the positive karma, right? Um, so I interact with these people who have these expectations, and I know this, but they give me gifts, and you know, I accept them because of my, you know, I'm trying to follow this Buddhist um, path, and I know the expectation's coming, yeah. you know. Um, so then you got to navigate that whole thing, too, 
you know, when people come around and say, oh, well, you I know, did this for you. Right. Yeah. And if we're really friends or whatever, yeah. you're going to do this, right? Yeah. Um, and that's a difficult thing to navigate, oh, yeah. too. Yeah. Well, where do you draw the line from being generous and giving? That's the other thing. I mean, I've been caught in situations where it's people say don't take a kindness for weakness well when somebody has a giving personality you know that's that can be a fine line that could be something that could be taken advantage of and so that's something that you have to be self-aware of of where is that line to draw you know okay now you owe me a return favor you know where is the line with that or you know i think that giving in general is incredible feeling appreciated is definitely something that you know if, if you give you want to feel at least appreciated that you know is a, a kind offer or whatever it may be and i think that that's uh, sometimes when you're a giver that's all you look for hmm. you know yeah i also see some people getting stuck in patterns of giving as well because like what you're talking this ties into what you were talking about before like if I, I'm always giving to other people, then they're always going to think good things of me, and therefore I can think good things of myself, right? Um, and, it, you know, where their sense of self and their sense of self-worth is tied up completely in what other people think of them, right? And that's unhealthy, right? You have to have a sense of, you know, personal pride and confidence and, and um, stuff that's internal, right? Regardless of what other people think of you, right? So you can have haters, and we all have haters, who are going to come at us and you know comment on your posts or whatever and just try and put you down, but we have a choice to engage that or not. Yeah, I don't even read the comments in, in most of my stuff unless someone sends me a direct issue um, that they want to resolve. But I tell you, I live by the motto: love me or leave me. Mm. You know, I mean, sometimes yeah, you only want to welcome the love in, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, if sometimes it gets to the point of oh, some people may not like one thing or the other, but in the big picture as long as you're holding yourself to the uh, most values that you believe in then Mm -hmm. take me or leave me you know sure so and that's a good piece of acceptance to have too because i'm sure you have people in your life too where you apply that philosophy but they just don't uh, change they either don't change or they don't um fit with your personality so you have to look you have to accept that and be like okay like you're yeah we're not good in each other's lives uh, okay and that's okay uh, you know, that opens us up for meeting new people, too. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah, so back to, like, what we started out with, you know, um, conversations with, with your own mind and the things you tell yourself every single day to engage those, um, those value systems. Um, what sort of things do you do you practice in your daily life to, like, to help keep you positive, help keep you in focus in the right direction, right? Because I, I'm a big believer that we have power and control over yeah. the focus of our mind. We get to choose what we focus on. Yeah. How do you choose every day to, to focus on personal growth, personal improvement, improving your business, yeah. improving your uh, relationship with your son? How do you do that? I'd say goals. Do so you set goals? Yeah, I would say goals both short and long term and setting goals is difficult sometimes because you're you know especially a short-term goal but it's got to be something that's feasible you know Mm -hmm. 
So I want, and I can kind of relate with my business. I want to, you know, make X amount of contacts within the next week, mm-hmm. you know, or I want to promote my business this way or that way within the next couple of weeks and setting those goals or whether it's personal, you know, I want to attend church more. I want to, you know, read more, whatever the personal mm-hmm. goal is. Um, setting a short-term and then a long-term goal too that's not as easily obtainable Mm -hmm. and so on my day-to-day those things kind of keep me driving forward to that you know so you use both the long-term goal and the short-term goal to keep you motivated day-to-day because Uh, like if you set a long-term goal and that's where I think a lot of people get stuck is uh, they set that long-term goal but no short-term goals there uh, right so um January 1st rolls around and everyone's like, my New Year's resolution, I'm going to lose 50 pounds, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So they set that long-term goal and then they never gave any thought to, okay, well, how are you going to get there, mm-hmm. right? What steps are you going to take to get you there? How are you going to measure it? How, uh, what sort of time limit are you going to put on it? You know, how specific mm-hmm. do you need to get? You know, these are all things that I work with in my um, performance psychology practices, effective goal setting, mm-hmm. right? So you, so you set these short-term goals too, um, that keep you motivated day to day and that are more achievable, yeah. right? That are within your reach mm-hmm. for that day. Yeah. Do you have like daily goals or weekly goals? Mm, more weekly. Weekly? Yeah. You know, the daily's kind of tough as sometimes we all get caught up, whether it's a job or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So the daily goals are a little bit more difficult, but a weekly goal that's, like you said, obtainable. You know, mm-hmm. usually it pertains to my business or my son or family life. I'd like to spend more time or, you know, allocate time. But um, I I think the goals are something that is a huge motiv- motivating factor and urge people to do it more, you know. How do you go about doing Do you do it on paper? Do you do it, like, in your phone? Yeah, I mean, it's a combination. I try to write. You know, I'm at the computer quite a bit just with business, mm-hmm. and so I try to keep a log of certain things, and that's kind of one of my things. It's always in front of me, whether it's a sticky note of, yeah. okay, here's... Oh, I love sticky uh, notes. Best invention oh, ever. Yeah. <laughs> I have them all over my and house. And it's in front of you. It's something yeah. that doesn't, you know, until you pull that off and move yeah. it from your computer screen, you know, it's something that's right in front of yeah. you until you see it on a daily basis. Um, and I think that's good, too. It's a written goal is a good idea to be able to keep yourself you know focused on it and from uh you know this might be some woo woo stuff here but from from more of a cosmic type perspective like um physically writing out your goal on paper and putting it into this 3d reality on paper in physical form seems to carry more power and weight Mm -hmm. than it does just as a free floating thought in your mind right and then uh, there's even stuff that says like if you speak what you just wrote like the vibration from your voice right that that amplifies the power even more um i use that all the time but you the sticky note is is great um and even just writing it down as like a to-do list and the physical act of taking that sticky note off and crumpling it up throwing it away or checking something off your list that physical act completed right motivates you even further to the next goal right so i use those physical things and then the daily reminder you also said too um i started writing things on my mirror Okay. Um, with a dry erase marker. Yeah. So literally, I see it every single day, multiple times a day. And whether I'm conscious of it or not, my subconscious picks up on yeah. it and embeds it in my, oh, in my yeah. thinking, right? 
Um, That's a good idea. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, well, I mean, you're doing the same thing with the post-it notes. Yeah. yeah. So that's how you stay. That's how you maintain your focus. Then on yeah. your on your. Okay, that's good. Um, that's awesome. You teaching that technique to Jackson? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's tough. You know, sometimes bring the adult world into the sure. kid setting is like. So you that's... know what goals are and why they're important and. More so, you know, he's a big athlete, so enjoys playing football and has played several years in league, you know, but, you know, setting those kind of goals, you know, oh, I want to be in the NFL, you sure. know, and we all grew up Long that way. Goal. Yeah, but it's it's obtainable, yeah. you know, and I think that's where the reassurance comes with, from my side of it, and that's all I can do is, like, yeah. there's nothing that can stop you from that. Yeah. Like, you will be the only person that stops you. You know, anything's possible. I can just uh, anything. the things you're saying right now. Yeah. I can just picture you directly saying, to oh, Jackson. Yeah. and mm-hmm. I know that's what you say to him mm-hmm. exactly, just like that. Mm-hmm. Like you can do anything. Mm-hmm. I hear you say it to him. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's another reason why you know I love to have you on this podcast today is because I don't see that in a lot mm-hmm. of parents too. You know, in my um, sports psychology practice, I, I have a lot of parents reach out to me um, and say, you know, I want you to fix fix this thing in, in my son or daughter. Um, they're not performing well at school or they're not performing well in their, um, athletics. And, you know, we have goals to get them to the Olympics or to the, yeah. or to the pros or to, into a good college even. And, um, you know, it's the parents pressure or the parents wanting mm-hmm. to live vicariously through their kids. That's fueling this whole machine. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I get to talk to the kids and the kids are like, Oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't ever want to do that. You know, yeah. I want to be an artist or, just and there's no support, kid, yeah. right? Or I would just yeah. want, you know, or or I'm, I'm ten years old and swimming is no longer fun for me yeah. because my parents made it a seven day a week, five hours of training a day type of thing. Yeah. It's a job, and I don't ever want to do this anymore, right? Um, and that's a balancing act. It's yeah. got to be a balancing yeah. act that you gotta, you know, let them pursue their own passions and support what they want to pursue, but also. I mean, as a as a father, you you want them to do certain activities too. I know as a father um, in the future myself, yeah. I want my kids to be in jujitsu yeah. from a very young age, right? Like I'm going to be <laughs> wrestling with them from the time they're infants. Baby's been rolling on the mats at four days right. old. <laughs> Dude, I taught little Blake, my little niece. She's three years old. Uh, she was doing arm bars on me last time that I was there. You know, and she doesn't know what she's doing, but she's gaining some muscle memory to defend herself, yeah. right? Yeah. And so I picture myself, you know, like gonna have a bunch of little Shanes running around jiu-jitsu style with good ideals and good values and you know living by this this code of honor and and um but I I don't know what it's really like you know I've never actually done it so then there's the reality that sits in that Jackson might not want to do the things that you wanted to do right yeah oh yeah yeah I think it's just more encouragement than it is a push you know, okay, if maybe they're going to play football for three years and then realize, that, oh, I got creamed when I put some pads on and mm-hmm. don't want to play again. Yeah. I mean, we all get that. And now I want to play soccer. You know, I think it's just the encouragement, but the interaction, too, with the parents, you know, encourage, but also interact the way that, you know, show up at their practices. Yeah, that's huge. Not just their like, just games be present. For, yeah, not just their games on Saturday. Like, go to their practices, watch them, encourage them. You know, they're looking out to see that you're there. Yeah. Because you're the only validation that they need. 
you know. That's true. Oh, there's my mom. Oh, there's my dad. You know, watch me practice. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what, you know, and I've seen it in the last couple of years of other parents that play in his little football league of, they drop him off. It's basically on the coach to keep track of these 15 kids for an hour, and then they come back and pick them up. It's like they're using it as babysitting. Yeah. So... You know, and I can, I can understand, you know, how people get wrapped up in other things and busy, but, you know, this is your kid. Yeah. This is, this is, you, you created this. Yeah. You brought this into the world, and it's your responsibility. You have an obligation, you know, and why are you skirting on yeah. that obligation? Um, even if you're not interested in what yeah. they're doing, you should still support it. Oh, yeah. Even in the practices, especially in the practices, yeah. right? Yeah. I don't see that very often but then i see parents who are way too involved you know on the other end of the spectrum where they're at every single practice yeah. and they're in the coach's ear trying kids to coach the break, coach yeah. and or saying you know you need to push my kid harder or something like that and the kid's training outside right. of you know i see that all the time in my practice too i don't know if you see that from other parents but um it seems like some parents get off on on trying to um Sort of like manipulate this little marionette out yeah. there, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, we're we're our biggest influence sure. on our kids, you know. I mean, really. So. Absolutely. And they pick up on what you yeah. do, really, mostly. Yeah. Some on what you say. <laughs> <laughs> the majority of that. Yeah, not much of that. Well, well, that's the thing. Sometimes people will be like, "Man, he sounds just like you," and he's I'm sarcastic attitude, like. Same thing. That's how I get through life. I want to be smiling. I want you to be smiling, too. So if I'm not telling you a joke or something else, usually it's some sarcastic-ass comment. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how I am. Sure. But then you, you and I leave caught. some pretty funny messages back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you get caught, too, because then your kid's like saying the same thing. Sure, and you're like, oh, wait, <laughs> you heard me. Yeah. I didn't think he heard me say that. Yeah. But well, I hope you you don't play any of the voicemails that I leave for you no, for never for, on, on speaker. Never, never on yeah, speaker. You're like, oh, Sh- yeah. Shane called. I gotta I gotta take this in my ear real quick. Hold on. Some of them are pretty foul. Yeah, but they're funny. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna have a blast next weekend. No, that's gonna be fun. I hope it's as much of a, a vacation for you guys as yeah. it's gonna be for me, and yeah. it's gonna be a real special time for me to have all the most important um, people in my life in one place. Um, so I hope you're stoked for that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, okay. I'm excited for both you and Kelly and being a part of your guys' life has been great. And watching you guys grow to that next level is going to be exciting as well. And so I think you guys have built a good foundation and hope that it continues that way. Yeah. So, so what's your closing advice for me as a um, someday father, um, about to be married. What's your, if you had one line of advice, what would it be? I would say with the marriage that communication should be the biggest word that you play with that because without communication she doesn't know if you're insecure, she's insecure, feeling one way or the other. So when you communicate that promise your life will be better okay and with the kid you set a foundation that 
other people see and want to idolize, man, this person is a great dad or these people are great parents. Mm-hmm. Whether that's the dedication and love that you have for them or the encouragement in a positive way, but you lift them on a pedestal and watch them flourish. Well, I appreciate yeah. that advice. So. And I want to offer the listening audience um, you know that that advice also passed through me and, and ripple out to all of you as well as as great words of wisdom from one of my good friends um, who I, I value and appreciate on a daily basis and will continue to do so. Um, so tune in next week uh, for a special edition of Conversations with the Mind where we do the Bachelor Party edition um, and have all uh, my friends and my brother on the podcast to give me a little razz before I get married. So uh, tune in and please like and share um, these podcasts with your friends and family. Um, let's get let's get these ideas out and let's get these conversations started so that we can open up um, dialogue with each other. And like Jeff said, like practice this open communication with each other and, and become closer, um, closer as human beings and closer as a species. Uh, that might be the only way we can survive. Um, so again, we're sponsored by MindOps. Um, if you uh, have any comments or questions for myself or my guests, please leave them um, on my webpage, www.mind-ops.com. Um, Jeff, what is your uh, website for your uh, pressure washing company? It's uh, www.purepressurecolorado.com. Okay, and they can find you on Facebook as it, well? Pure Pressure, yep. Okay, so if you're in um, the northern Colorado area and need any pressure washing um, for any sort of uh, pressure washing service, uh, commercial, industrial, um, private, or personal, um, let Jeff know. And uh, we want to thank you all for listening, and um, tune in next time. We'll we'll talk to you next, next week. All right, thanks. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you.